Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Leloyan. Matt, welcome to another week on the podcast. Great to be back as always, Steve, and happy Monday to happy you. Happy Monday. Happy Halloween. Oh, what? And how dare you? And I mean, we should just always give the <laughs> always give the church history nod to yes. Halloween, and this is you know Hallow. probably repetitive for many people, but Halloween <laughs> yes. is the shortening of Old Hallow's Eve. Yes, the evening before what day, Steve? Reformation Day, All Saints Day, All Saints Day. Today is Reformation Day, All Saints Day tomorrow. That's right. Tomorrow is All Saints Day. So Old Hallow's Eve developed as this ancient Christian tradition before the day that we celebrate All Saints Day, Hebrews 11, Hall of Faith, great cloud of witnesses that we have surrounding us. Um, I wasn't sure if you were going to say Happy Reformation Day or Happy Halloween first. Yeah. Now I know. On this day, uh, (laughs) 500 and some years ago, Martin Luther did demonstrate the proper use of a hammer. I got a lot of problems with you people, (laughs) and you're going to hear about them. A little different than Festivus. Okay, a little bit different than Festivus. Okay. Yes. I think also did form the basis for the Seinfeld holiday, Festivus. I'm pretty sure. Where you just air your complaints, air your grievances. That's what he did. He did. That's what he did. 95 of them. Yes. Led to the Protestant Reformation. So today is not only Halloween, but is uh, Reformation Day, October 31st. Tomorrow, All Saints Day. All Saints Day. So maybe, uh, you know, a great little prompt for your Bible study this week would be to even pause and to thank God and um, reflect on the saints that have gone before us, the shoulders uh, that we get to stand on Yeah. Uh, in our own families, our own generations of people we know and love. But then um, there are many, many who have gone before us to uh, preserve and to pass along uh, the faith uh, to us. And um, it's really easy to, to take that for granted and think that. Um, think that it's kind of all about this moment that we live in right now and right. neglect this this great cloud of witnesses that we that we benefit from. Very true. So well said. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Happy Reformation. Happy Day. Reformation Day. Happy All Saints Day. Eve. Big holiday. Big holiday week. Big two. Big forty eight hours. That's right. Big forty eight right. hours. That's great. Well, uh, yesterday we were in Second Kings six. Yes. You preached there. Yep. Um, and we have. Two questions Great. that came in this morning, Great. Uh, or between yesterday and this morning. So let's jump into those. But give us the quick ninety-second uh, summary of the message from yesterday. Yeah. So we're talking about faith to see, and really two two big points from yesterday. There's there's two little stories. Um, I shouldn't say little stories. Two uh, accounts that are in that passage that we looked at yesterday. There's the floating axe head. Yes. And then there's um, uh, and then there's the 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 scene around Dothan where all the chariots and horses from Syria are surrounding the city. But Elisha prays that God would open the eyes of his servant, and he sees the horses and chariots of fire around yep, them. Right. So really kind of picking up on this theme of seeing, um, we, we are blind, left to ourselves, we're blind to God's care. And so we need to learn to see his care for us in the small things. Mm-hmm. And also, left to ourselves, we are blind to God's command to his complete control over everything. And even the word command, they're playing a little bit on the idea of the army of the Lord. He's got command over an army. Yep. Uh, We're blind to that. And so we need to see his command in the unseen things, the unseen spiritual forces that exist in our world, but that we don't see. Um, So those are the two things we kind of walk through those. 
um, really seeing God in both the small and the big things there, the individual, like his care for us as individual personal people, his in, the intimacy with which God loves us and cares for us, the invitation to cast our cares on him, mm-hmm. even when they feel trivial or insignificant or small. And then God delivering us from the real life and death major situations too, like like the Syrian army surrounding the, right. the city of Dothan. Right. It's good. Yeah, I love I loved the, the richness even of those points uh, was appreciated. I think the way you said it, at least the way I wrote it down, was many of us have such a big view of God's sovereignty that we don't think God should be bothered by our mundane lives. Yeah. Right. And so this idea of the, um, do you believe that God sees you in the small things? This, you know, the axe head coming, floating to the top yep. of the water. It's great care for this one individual. Yep. Um, so it's a really cool miracle. It's a lot of, it's, it's pretty yeah. impressive to it's, imagine. Yeah. Um, but it's also about care, you know, and, and redemption for a person. That's right. So I love I love the point that was in there. That was, and I, I think that's, you know, there there are certainly tribes of Christians who would more err on the side of self help, like Christian Christianity as kind of like a a more um, God centered type version of self help. Sure, where it's like God, but but it functionally kind of can boil down to or can feel like God really exists to like to care for me and sure. to meet my needs. Like right. it's a, it's actually becomes much more of a. Of a, of a man-centered, yeah. <laughs> uh, a person-centered view of the world than a God's. So I think that's out there. I think most of the people in the tribes that we kind of run in, most people that are in the room on a Sunday morning gathered with us for worship, don't fall off that side of the cliff. Sure. Like, don't fall off that side of the road. They, sure. they, um, are, we, we, we do emphasize the sovereignty of God in all things. We do emphasize that God's in complete control and that he exists primarily for his glory. Yep. Also for our good, but, but we don't, we don't shy away from the, the, the glory of God that yeah. being his, you know, the primary ends. Um, and so that's where I think it's, it's, it's particular to the, to the people of Liberty Church to say, most of us probably don't err in that other direction. Yep. Most of us probably are concerned to go, why would I even bother telling God that I lost my keys today? Right. <laughs> or that like, right. sure. you know, like I, you know, it's just, just deal with it on your own. Right. Go to God for the big stuff leave God out of the small stuff. Right. He doesn't be bothered with these little things. Yeah. I'm almost embarrassed to pray about little things. For sure. Right. So I get that. That I think think this is a great, a great, and even the way it's inserted in, like I mentioned that yesterday, the the chronology of this is really unclear. Like when does this stuff actually happen? And this account of the floating ax head can really happen at any point in time during like this later portion of Elisha's ministry. It's like, it's not, it's not specified beyond that. It seems like the person who took all of these narratives about Elijah and Elisha that had been passed down, th- th- this final book of First and Second Kings, which was one book originally, mm-hmm. wasn't compiled until the exiles were in Babylon. Uh, so we're talking about about 300 years after this was roughly happening. Mm-hmm. And so the person, the editor, the person who compiled all these narratives to the final form that we have now probably put this here as a specific way of reminding us that in the midst of these global geopolitical mm-hmm. events with massive sure. ramifications for the world, God does care for the individual. Yeah. And so I, I, even that stood out, like it, it stood out in the, in the narrative of second Kings that there's this almost feels like an interruption, but actually is not an interruption um, of God caring for the individual. Yeah. It's good. Appreciate that. Appreciate the words yesterday. Um, we have two questions that came in. Yeah. Start with the first Let's one. So, uh, one, maybe a little bit of a history lesson, geography lesson. Let's Man, jump in here. here so go. what is the difference between Syria and Assyria in the Old Testament? Yeah. Well, like in English, uh, means not. So like okay. it's, one's not. One the is other. Syria and one is not Syria. <laughs> 
Is next question. Hold on. Next question. Next question. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yes. So that's a that's a great question. question. Very good question. Because we're hearing about these. We hear about these uh, these nations. Yeah. yeah. And so Syria is the main one that we see in, in at least so far that we've seen in Second Kings. Sure. Uh, Assyria is, and maybe this is the the, the simplest way. We, we were joking before, Steve. We're like, uh, there's some history teachers and history buffs in our midst. We're like, maybe they need to like put earmuffs on. For Please this forgive us for the unseen <laughs> that we still don't see to yes. this answer. We we are blind. To, we are blind to this historical question. It's actually, I was so glad that, that this person, actually, a couple people asked a question like this. Yeah. Um, so glad they asked. So. In the, in the broadest possible way, we could say it this way. Assyria is an empire. Yes. And is much broader and bigger. Broad region, territory yep. of the continent. Yep. Syria is a kingdom and a nation in certain moments in history. A smaller subset. When, when the Assyrian Empire is at its fullest extent, it includes Syria. Yes. It includes the, the kingdom, the nation of Syria within the Assyrian Empire. And right now in, in Second Kings and First Kings, um, we've been talking about Syria, the, the one kingdom, the one nation. It's a northern neighbor to the kingdom of Israel, and they are um, enemy nations that war with each other. Yep. Not that long after this, uh, about 100 years or so after where we are in the story right now, the, the Assyrian Empire... Uh, returns to some of its former glory. It, the, the, an empire, an, a new emperor comes in and kind of expands the, Assyria had been around already at this point for over a thousand years. That's right. Maybe, maybe two thousand years. My, that's where my history is not clear. Assyria had been around for a long time. Uh, it had, it had been massive. It had shrunk way down and been divided up. Uh, about the early to mid 700s BC, it gets expanded back again to its former ancient glory and now includes the nation of Syria within right. it at that point. And that's where in the Bible, we most encounter Assyria as the empire that also conquered the Northern kingdom of Israel. Right. So that when we get to that part of the story, which we don't get to in this sermon series, but if you keep reading second Kings beyond where we stop in a couple of weeks, yep. you will talk a lot about, you will read a lot about Assyria, yep. which is the empire, which is the empire that conquers Israel, the northern kingdom, in 721 BC. Um, Syria, the nation, the one kingdom, smaller, at war with with Israel throughout this period and before the Assyrian Empire grows larger. So did I just confuse the heck out of you? No, no, I loved it. It was great. (laughs) I'm smiling because I was like, this was like, you could be completely wrong, but it sounded right. No, it was right. Um, But it was very good. You had had more in on that than you thought. Oh, great. Okay, good. Well, uh, some of it comes back when you get get into the conversation. And just start a sentence and see where it goes. And then you just speak confidently, and no that's one knows. No one knows. That's it's not my. It's not how I approach most things. I do approach pronunciation of places. Oh, and sure. With that, just say it just fast and confidently. It's fast and confident. Yep, totally. And like most people won't, won't ask. I totally agree with that. Yeah. No, I think that that was good insight on Syria and Assyria. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was helpful. So right now we're talking about in this part of Kings Syria, the nation kingdom, it yep. wars with Israel. We won't get to it, but if you think about the overall history of the people of God, the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of Israel, when they are finally conquered completely, um, that is Assyria. That's the empire. Right. 721 that, that conquers them. Right. It's great. There's your history lesson. There's your geography lesson. Write that down. I feel like we need a more you know rainbow and star over the over that some portion music. of the there's B-side some, some, yeah. some glittery music. Yeah, let's edit that back in. We'll put that in. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the next question. So our second question that came in of the two. Yep. 
All right. Uh, when facing everyday or unexpected problems, what do you find helpful for reinforcing your trust in God and reminding yourself of the unseen? Yeah. This is a little bit maybe tied to your second point of the sermon yesterday. Yep. And how any one of us is prone to obviously not see the unseen and forget it. Yep. Um, and be overwhelmed by our circumstances or perhaps think that we need to get involved and steer or interrupt trends. It's like we need to gain more control yeah. instead of trusting that God is working in ways that we just can't see. That's right. Yeah, that's a really good. So, I mean, my answers are probably not going to be particularly profound. Sure. It'll be kind of boring yeah. in yeah. that. Um, but I just would say for my own life, it, it really is important to daily ground myself in core truths about who God is, who I am, and, and who other people are. Mm -hmm. So, like... If God is really the one who is in complete command, complete control of all things, if spiritual warfare is real, but but also um, powerful and real as it is, not something that like is also beyond God's command and God's scope. Yep. That that gives me perspective to say, like even I, you know, I I totally violated my own rule in the sermon yesterday by introducing new content in the conclusion. Okay. That's not a great practice. So okay. apologies for, I'm sure, what felt maybe like a hard thing to keep up with in the conclusion. But I do love this picture of like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter draws his sword. Jesus has put it away. And the, the reason why is because Jesus says, there are legions of angels that could be here right now. And I would never go into to captive. I would never be sure. captured by this by this man. I would never go to the cross. Yep. In other words, like this is the helpful way for me to think about it. The horses and chariots of fire are there in the Garden of Gethsemane, ready, right. ready to step in. To. Right, always. And yeah. they don't. Yeah. And the reason why is because, and as we know in retrospect, like that's our salvation could only be accomplished by them not intervening and by Jesus actually going to the cross. Right. Now the stakes aren't quite that for for our everyday um, situations, but I think this realization that like the horses and chariots of fire are always are always at God's command to intervene in these moments. And they do sometimes and they don't at other times. Right. But, but that too is part of the command and control of God. That is part of his sovereignty. Um, so I think, you know, whether it's like Paul's words in Ephesians six, just to, to have that um, in short order in your mind, not, not necessarily even having to memorize the whole passage, but even memorizing the phrase, like we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Like get, have, have those kind of grounding truths from scripture hidden in your heart to recalibrate your perspective. Yeah. And whether that comes in, in reading scripture, prayer, meditation on scripture, um, all of those things. I think those are some of the everyday, I forget how the question was worded, but how, how, um, how to remind yourself in yeah, the when you find situations. helpful situations. Yeah, sure. That's me, Steve. I'd love to hear if you have other things to add to that. Yeah, I don't know about having that's that's any more uh, shiny than that, right? I think sure. what, what came to mind first was um, anchoring myself in God's story and, and making sure that I'm not unconsciously, or as I'm prone to do, mm. consciously prone to do at yeah. times, put like put God in my story. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, I think that's, and that's in, that's in prayer. That's in daily Bible study, reading God's word. Even if it's not daily, read God's word, like go back to it. Um, yep. uh, it's slowing down. I think, yeah. you know, maybe the, so what, what you find helpful, I think of like, well, slow down. Yeah. I need to do that. I, if I, if my 
life is too quick, my calendar is too full, and I'm constantly, and there are times where we have to take responsibility and do work, right? We are, we are responsible for our agency. We have to like, we have to, yeah, that's do, right. Do be, we that's are right. active in our world. Absolutely. But if my activity is so fast mm-hmm. and so constant mm-hmm. and I'm constantly trying to execute, yeah. I'm prone in those moments, especially to forget that I'm actually part of God's story and there's yeah. an unseen world going on around me. Maybe, maybe an example of this is, uh, reading a, a newsletter just recently, uh, over the weekend from, uh, a ministry that I just, I have their newsletter and part of the, um, someone that they're serving at this ministry, uh, they were just celebrating, got a new job working at Panera. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, that's great. Um, well, I just happened to be at a Panera. I'm not saying this, it's not, it's not the same one, but I just happened to be at Panera, um, last week, Thursday, uh, meeting with someone for, uh, in covenant interview. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I can, I'm, I'm going throughout my day. I, now I'm there. We're about to spend 90 minutes together and, you know, the people working at Panera sometimes make a mistake on an order. Like no one's at the counter and it's just, it's easy for me to see like, Hey, we're just, Hey, you do your job. I'm doing my job. Let's yeah. just go through the day. And then reading this newsletter going, Hey, here's this person who's in crisis in their life and celebrate. They just got a job at Panera. Yeah. And it's like, man, what a, that's a great thing for me. I got to slow down yep. and see people yep. and go like, Hey, I don't know this person's story across the counter from me. Yeah. And they may be. They, 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 everything might be fine in their life, generally speaking, or yeah. hey, maybe there's somebody who just got this job or this week and it's life changing for them. Yeah. Um, and that should be our, like, we don't, we're not at the center of our story. Yeah. That's God good. is at the center of, of, of the story. We're in God's story. Yeah. And so for me, what came to mind was slow down, slow down in how to, how I see people slow down to get into the word, be present in prayer. Yeah. Just, I mean, what you're saying, right? See yeah. God for who he is. See, see ourselves for who we are. Yeah. To me, it's slow down and get out of the center of the story. That's that's what came to mind for me. I don't great. know if that's any sexier than what you said, but much you know, sexier is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> it is Halloween after after all. So. That's great. <laughs> holidays, I really that's I up my I up my game on holidays. That's what it is. Um, no, I mean I think that's that's really well said. That's another great similar I mean similar concept. Yeah, a great way of thinking about it to not put yourself at the center of the story. And I think to your point, Steve, too, what you were saying there, like. So, yeah, there, there are certainly some people that are too passive in life and don't actually step into things, don't actually work hard, don't exert themselves. Um, the, you know, there, there would definitely be a need for some people to say, um, like, actually get in the fight, like, like put on the armor of God and get in the fight. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think it's in some ways unique. So, it's you know, it's, it's Reformation Day, right? So let's talk about this aspect of it. I think when I would say work ethic you would fill in the blank in front of work ethic. You wouldn't fill it in Catholic or Orthodox. You would fill it in Protestant, right? It's a Protestant sure, work right, ethic. Yeah. Yeah. So Protestants are known for, um, and I think this is true at least for you and I, Steve, and many others in our congregation, are not known for like our contemplation. We're not known for our 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 ability to slow down and be present. We're known for our ability to like crank on to grind. Stuff. Like, sure. Yep. G- GSD, man, get some stuff done. Right. And got a radio edit that one. The stuff. Right way. Yeah. Stuff. Get, get some stuff, stuff done. done. There you go. Uh, and so, but like, even like, but this is a unique thing, I think in some ways to Protestants where we, we are so active to a, to a hyper extent at times mm-hmm. we are active and there's mm-hmm. so many good things that come from the activity but something that we miss, even that there's a great quote that Eugene Peterson includes in his memoir called The Pastor from a Catholic uh, nun, Sister Genevieve. And Sister Genevieve said to him at one point in his life, 
Oh, you Protestants, you're so naive about evil. You know everything about sin, but nothing about evil. The prevalence of evil, the persistence of evil, especially in holy places like a monastery and, in, and like your congregation. You make cartoon characters out of evil so you don't have to deal with it in your own households and workplaces, crouching at the door every time you open it, or else you deny it and label everything that is wrong with the world as sin that you can name and take charge of getting rid of. Mm-hmm. Now, I read that in his memoir. I was like, dang, yeah. that, that is astute. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's true. And I think, it, I think it actually does sometimes go hand in hand with we have high ownership. As pr- Generally speaking, Protestants are like, work hard. In response to what God has done, yep. work hard, yep. um, be diligent in life, find solutions to problems. Uh, and so there is something to, to be said of what we can learn from the, the bigger Christian uh, groups, including Catholic and Orthodox folks, to say that they're better at contemplation, which slowing down, which not only helps us kind of see that we're not the center of our story, but actually opens our eyes to the realities, the unseen realities of spiritual yep. forces of evil around yep. us. Yeah, it's well said. I was looking at this question and just the person did ask that's everyday or unexpected outcomes. And that huh. as, the aspect of unexpected, maybe just, you know, is similar. The, yeah. But the unexpected sometimes does cause us to have to react quickly. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we have, it's unexpected because we had an expectation yeah. and our expectation is not met. Um, and in those situations I'd encourage, I mean, I think for myself, yeah, I mean, I have to, I, I want, I want to leave, I want to submit to um, crying out to God when I'm frustrated with that un- with that expectation unmet, mm-hmm. right? Like be vulnerable, be be honest before God in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Don't just say vulnerable. That's true. But like be honest yeah. to God and say, hey, that, what I expected did not happen. I'm right. frustrated. Yep. I'm mad. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. Yep. Like yep. do that. Yep. And also when we do that um, to God, that's not, that's not showing us a, it's not that's not automatically um, demonstrating an unbelief. Right. Um, we're actually crying out to God be, out of belief sure. um, and knowing that he is if, if we could have our eyes open in a way that we read here in Scripture, we would see God working in ways that we would not have otherwise imagined. That's good. So I think that that'd be an encouragement yeah. too. doesn't make the situation easy. Yeah. Maybe one more thing I'd add is pursue that in relationship with other people, too. Sure. Like when if you have an un, unmet expectation or a problem. Cry out to God in honesty. Yeah. Share that burden with yeah. somebody else and together as a community or as, as a community as a whole. Yeah. We should bear each other's burdens and like weep with those who weep. We should rejoice with those who rejoice in these circumstances mm-hmm. and and trust that God is doing work that we can't see. Yeah. Now that sounds really easy. That I mean, that sounds like a great answer, and I think it is, but yeah. the process of it is really hard. Yeah. Which is why I think we need other people. That's so true. the answer is not meant to be Yeah. Easy now. It's just meant to be true. Yeah, I think that's right. It's right on. Yeah. And even as you were saying there, Steve, that's and that's where, you know, if there's one takeaway from that text and from the sermon yesterday, it's just to be people who cry out, Lord, open our eyes. That's right. And and we do that for each other. Yep. We do that. We do that. Like Elisha did that for another man, for yep. on behalf of his servant. Um, so we do that for each other. Uh, we also do it for ourselves. Like we know we need our eyes opened to those things. Yeah. It's good. Matt, thanks for continuing the the conversation today this yeah. morning thanks for the yeah. preaching about the series we yeah. have we're, we're more than halfway through the series yeah we're down to our last uh three three, four? three, three. weeks yeah yeah we have uh yeah three more weeks in this series in first and second kings and then the end of november will be uh will be advent it's great yeah looking forward to that yeah uh everyone thanks for listening engaging in this content 
Um, enjoy Bible studies this week um, and send questions in as you have them, whether on past sermons or upcoming sermons. Always get them in by early Monday morning so we can include them on the, the podcast each week. We will see you later this week, if not on Sunday during worship. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah, take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.